0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're
1: not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
2: One can't help but be positive. Hey.
1: Good Saturday afternoon and welcome to the Fitzy and Hart program here. Fitzy and Hart program, but you're not Fitzy. I'm not. And that's a good thing for the listeners (laughs) and myself. That is WEI.com's Mike Cadlick, who'll be joining me, Andy Hart, part of the uh, Six Rings crew and the Fitzy and Hart family, I guess we could say, for the next hour leading up to Red Sox baseball, where we're going to talk some Patriots, we're going to talk some Dynasty, we're going to talk about some NFL salary cap, potential fifth-year options, yeah. tenders. What are you laughing at? The fifth-year option. <laughs> well, some players will get it. Yeah, I, didn't but I, I didn't say in so. New England you're going to hand out $30-plus yeah. million dollars to Mac Jones. But I want to start where a lot of people have been starting lately. And I know this has been pissing off some fans. We were getting some blowback uh, last night or yesterday afternoon mm-hmm. when I was on with Christian Arkan, 2-6, to six, and then Rich Keefe after that. People hadn't had a chance to maybe see Episode 3 and Episode 4 of The Dynasty, mm-hmm. the Apple TV, Jeff Benedict craft production. Um, yeah, you is, see that it says craft, craft yeah, dynasty. It's a, The yeah. book was sold in the pro shop. The book was <laughs> shipped out to season ticket holders. I don't know how you can think it wasn't on some level of craft production. Now, am I saying he had the be-all, end-all? No. Do I think necessarily he saw everything? I can tell you for a fact this is how I worked for 18 years down mm-hmm. there. So I worked for Robert Kraft. Yep, you did. So Signed you know who you work for. Right. You know the umbrella under which you work. You know it's not like they're editing your story to tell you exactly what it should say. You know what not – it's like being a player for Bill Belichick. Right, sure. You know what not to say in the media. Why? Did he, did he detail every word we're not saying this week? No. Mm-hmm. You just avoided the third rails, <laughs> right? It's And <laughs> well, I, I just, believe that's what Jeff Benedict did. I don't sure. think he – had like a, a a timeline or a like here's the skeleton of what you're gonna produce for me,
4: Mr. Benedict. Right. He just knows where his bread is buttered. Well it was funny too, like and and I've I've enjoyed listening to him and Hamachek talk, you know, in the, yeah. the media rounds they've done. It's cool like listening to their sure. sort of, but he was on with Jones and Mego and uh they were like, So did Kraft have final So he was like, Absolutely not. Like I am a I am a writer, I'm a journal like I know what to do. There is no holds bar. I listened to or I we interviewed everybody and there was nothing off limits and it's like there, yeah, there wasn't, but it's also it is sort of starting to sway one side here as far as Kraft goes. Oh, you and, think? Yeah, and it's just it's it's still a good story, and I was listening to you guys on my way in when I was yeah. you know, like you were trying to say I was a little bit late here. Even you though you weren't early. <laughs> That's fair. No, but um, uh, the listening to you guys say it and how, like, it, it it is starting to sway that way. And the first two episodes were great, and it f- sort of felt like, you know, everything's good, high and mighty, and the whole Bledsoe thing. And then all of a sudden, it starts to get into Spygate, and now mm-hmm. we're really starting to... The tides are starting to turn. They pin some things on Bill. Ernie Adams sounds as guilty as ever Yeah, when he's... The, 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 and the, he the, makes
1: the, himself sound guilty. Right. The, and also... Is there a bigger ego? Somehow no, I, he's We have really a documentary me, yeah. about Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady, and none of the three has the biggest ego in the room. That's Ernie. Adams. Ernie Adams is really rubbing me the wrong way. He's so the. Far. He, I think, is the only person I would say I don't like. It's going to the grave with me a little
3: bit.
4: Yeah, like the the worst part of it has been him taking full credit for them going for it at the yeah. end of the game which i would have had a serious conversation if
1: i knew that at the time if i'm robert Kraft to bill belichick yeah I pay you how much right and he's making the decisions why am i paying you it wasn't 20 million at the time it was probably 10 million or less but i just don't and i don't know if that's accurate because i'm fine with bill asking for input but ernie is like no it was my decision right i did it he, and that just, I, that
4: leaves a sour taste in my mouth. I mean, the whole time it felt like the Brady story was, was all Belichick being like, no, I trust this kid. I like this kid. We're bringing him up. It's, it doesn't matter that Bledsoe, you know, got hurt. He mm-hmm. won the job back. It's his. Then he has to make a decision again after the AFC championship game. He still goes with Brady. And it's like, oh, he trusts Brady. He knows what he has in Tom Brady. You thought that, okay. Right. A minute and a half left. Belichick is like, no, I trust this kid to go get us a field goal. And then Ernie's like, no, that was my decision. Bill asked me what I wanted to do, and it was me. That was stupid. Ernie, get over yourself a little bit, bud. You were a yep.
1: key factor. Everybody praised you. White stripes, the whole thing. But now... You've gone, a, you've gone a bit too far, yeah. for my opinion. Uh, 617-779-7937. We will take your phone calls because I would like to ask the listeners to take part a little bit mm-hmm. in this, which is, yes, a Fitzy and Hart Six Rings production, which may also be posted on the Six Rings podcast feed. So know Subscribe. that when you're calling in, you could be going global with Ooh. your comments. Do you like the Dynasty? First of all, you're watching it, mm-hmm. is one question. Do you like the Dynasty so far, what is missing, what is better and or worse, because I have seen a lot of complaints mm-hmm. online, uh, and I definitely fall into this a little bit for Episodes 3 and 4, wherever that came into play, in terms of you really uh, fast-tracked a Super Bowl Yes. Yeah. The reason you're a Dynasty is you won three Super Bowls in four years, and you just blew right through those, didn't acknowledge winning streaks, the 21 wins in a row, and some of the factors that came through there. Um, so I do think there are some aspects. I really thought the AFC Championship game in 2001 was um, misportrayed as like Drew Bledsoe won them the game. Mm-hmm. He threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, He was mediocre at best in that game. Special teams won them that football game. That was not mentioned at all. That was not a... No Troy Brown. Right. No Antoine Sweetfield Yeah, Sufie, they don't Harris. show the, the Troy Brown. the what are we power turn, like yeah, we That's doing? crazy. And that only takes, what, 12 seconds right. maybe to put that in there? So... I do
4: have some criticisms, but I the will. The scene tell. of of Bledsoe, though, like you said, Brady goes down, the the ankle injury happens, and he goes down, drives him in, and he just like looks to the sideline with his hands like this, and you can't the listeners can't see me, but he's Mike just is like, putting his hands like this, like the emoji question. Yeah, he's like he's like oh, like what did you expect? Like I'm back, baby. I I thought that was really cool. I but you I, know I've fallen in love with Bledsoe with this whole thing too, and so. I love that too, and I think there's a new generation of viewers that
1: are seeing Drew Bledsoe for what he was. And I said this uh, a little while ago to Chris Curtis in the Ken and Curtis show that preceded the Fitzy and Hart show, and that didn't have Ken, and this doesn't have Fitzy, so I don't know what the hell's going on What's going on. Here, but Leading here. up to Red Sox baseball, <laughs> we're getting our crap together. Um, I actually thought maybe the best quote I've seen in the four episodes was Teddy Bruschi mm-hmm. saying the Patriot way started with Drew Bledsoe, the $100 million quarterback, um, subjugating his ego, which is sort of the word that was used at the time for these Patriots from Robert Kraft. Yeah. And I I found that really interesting. And I do like... That, that Drew is having a little bit of a, a renaissance mm-hmm. in Patriot Nation in terms of his value. But 617 779 if you want to join the discussion. Dynasty, yay, nay. I've gotten some DMs from people, um, global Patriots fans that I consider some of the most passionate and loyal, mm-hmm. and they're not really loving it. They're finding it kind of boring, not happy with some of the omissions or some of the things that were left out. So, I mean, there's
0: a $100 million quarterback doing what's best for the team that's where I think the Patriot Way started.
1: So you have sort of uh, tipped your hand a little bit in terms of your big picture through four episodes is, eh, this might be a little slanted in one mm-hmm. direction. And I certainly think you cannot argue they've made Bill look bad. Visually. I'm not even talking about anything they've said or kind of, like, just, you didn't need to use
4: all the, him adjusting his neck fat around his (laughs) collar or whatever that was. Like, I said... But that's the the stuff I like, too. Like, that's like... It shows that he's uncomfortable and doesn't want to talk. Oh, and and he
1: was in... He didn't want to do it. He wasn't playing along. I mean, to get his comments about... Spygate we have to go to the HBO Armin katayan interview. Yep. He said I'm on the record with those like you it, it's like he we were in a press conference. He treated yeah. this documentary like a press conference. Yep. I'm on the record with Stacey. Can we get them the transcript? I've already talked yeah. Stacy, didn't we have a release?
4: We we get them a copy of that release. That's basically how he treated all of this. But when you ask him about other things like the lawyer Malloy story, he goes full full yes. bar right into it right. like cuz he was Well, cuz I
1: feel that. like he and again, that's like a press conference. Right, exactly. Nothing 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 Oh, left-footed punters? Ooh, let's have a fun story <laughs> yeah, about right. left-footed punters. So, And I do think he respected those guys and what they brought to the dynasty. But again, Lawyer Malloy is a perfect example. They cut Lawyer Malloy on the eve of a yeah. season. Not represented. So we think Bill Belichick, Lawyer Malloy, lovey-lovey, right? Their entire careers? Well, no, he cut him. No, yeah. We think Lawyer Malloy, I mean, uh, Ty Law, Bill Belichick, lovey-lovey, based on the dynasty. Ty Law loves everything. He called him a liar. Yep. A lot out called him a liar. Business got in the way. And you could have had an easy, again... Is it 45 seconds? But it wasn't all roses in New yeah. England. Business began to play a part as egos set in. Lawyer Malloy wanted more money. He was cut. Ty Law right. held that. Like, can I get that in in 45 seconds? Probably. And I've never made a documentary, so I probably should say I, I <laughs> yeah, have no idea top. how hard it is, how easy you've had
0: it is. is. have a bunch of ideas for a
1: documentary. <laughs> oh, a yeah. ton. I'm an idea man. It's the execution that is lacking yeah. generally with me. So, MikeCaddleCWEEI.com, I believe you've posted four yes. recaps. Yep. So tell me your big picture beyond the slanted views and as a guy who is learning something. Mm -hmm. A younger Patriots fan, Mm -hmm. a younger person following the Patriots, you are not a guy who lived every moment live and Mm -hmm. now is kind of comparing memory versus visual and that.
4: What have you taken away from the first four episodes? So I guess my – maybe not – it's not a takeaway. One of my big takeaways, I'll start with that, is just how – awesome Drew Bledsoe was, and that this is sort of a two weeks ago thing, because this was from the sure. first episode, where sure. he was hundred million dollar man, McDonald's commercials, like everything, and I, as he someone, was him, to, to use a yeah, modern he phrase was him. in New England, he was him and I tweeted that like what I just said, basically, and someone was like, "Does it really matter that he was in McDonald's commercials?" Like, yeah, it kind of does. Like, y- they just picked like the biggest and best Isn't people. That's McDon- how we measure stardom <laughs> yeah, and Q rating
1: and impact. Right.
4: Jesus. But so I any- hate people. Yeah, me too. But anyway, no, Bledsoe was the man, and that was obviously a very, very tough decision. The fact that he played two games into that hundred million dollar contract and then was gone, and like that's an impossible decision. So that's something that I really credit Bill for doing because he he knew that this is what and and Bledsoe wasn't. The Bledsoe of three, four years before. So I kind of ask you why the heck they gave that gave him that $100 million contract because it doesn't really seem like it was warranted at the time. Because uh, they didn't have any other
1: option, and it was sort of that NBA mentality yeah. of you got to give your guy,
4: even if you know your guy's not necessarily I, the guy. And I think Kraft said it in there. He was like, I needed to give our fans hope for something. Right. So, you know, and tie Drew him to the franchise. Was
1: that, and yeah. there was also probably maybe a too close relationship between the quarterback and sure. the owner uh-huh. so that would have been like a familial breaking point mm-hmm. and if you don't have another option and you love the guy truly love the guy you just kind yeah. of fall in line with do business as business is being done right. he needs the extension let's do it it brings stability to my coach right you also have a new coach sure. and you're stabilizing kind of the atmosphere oh we got our coach we got our quarterback we move forward now we've learned yet again sometimes you think you have your quarterback and you think you have your coach and you may have neither, right. and the bottom may fall out. In this case, it went a different direction. Sure. It didn't fall out.
4: The other um, big takeaway, slash, my MVP of the entire docuseries so far, Scopioli. What a storyteller. Like, yes. And he is now in media, but he also saw every side of it for the first half of the dynasty, and so he's now trained to tell stories, but, yep. man, every time he talks, it's, like, perfect. And I think Joe has the cut. I want I want to play my favorite quote so far, and it's from episode 3 into episode four right at Spygate where, (laughs) yeah, Brewski starts talking about how it starts to become an addiction and you want to win and you need to get to the top and it doesn't, you know, it's still fun, but it's almost like you need to get there. And then Pioli basically tells them that, you know, we would do anything to win at this point.
2: It's difficult to explain to people sometimes, but this game is like a narcotic. When you have success, every time you get a little bit, you want a little bit more. The highest highs that you feel each time that you win, you're chasing that forever. There was this group of us that, that that became addicts together, and we were actually enabling one another. Some of us know it, some of us don't, some don't care. As time goes by, your relationship with the drug, it, it changes. After winning, instead of euphoria, it's just a relief and when you lost it was it was dark you would do anything and everything to stop the fear of losing anything and then they cut into the dun, dun, dun.
4: yeah and then they cut to the jets tapes and everything yep. and then the episode ends and like i just thought that that was uh, it's kind of insane to compare it to being addicted to narcotics but it's it's true like mm-hmm. and even as a fan every time they they go into the playoffs it's like well, it doesn't even matter. Like first round, doesn't matter. It's just gonna. We're not even gonna be happy if they win this game. You just got to get into win to the Super Bowl, or else you're gonna be pissed off. And it's right. like you only it, it. The Super Bowls were the only thing that mattered. Everything else was just trying to chase that high of getting to that right. point. Two thousand one was a gateway drug into
1: <laughs> seriously bigger and badder and more detrimental and success. Better highs, better lows right. that would come. Uh, He is Mike Cadlick. I am Andy Hart. It is a Saturday afternoon. We are Fitzy and Hart with no Fitzy, no problem talking. Patriots dynasty, Patriots offseason, NFL free agency leading you into Red Sox baseball at 1 o'clock as they kick off spring training action down in Florida. But before we can get to that, we get to our buddy and producer pal Joe Braverman for what's trending now.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: The unspoken rule is when you leave the family, you leave the family. You honor the opportunity that was given, you don't make a mess. You remember how you got your first step in the door, you don't make a mess. Bill was very close with Eric. And his very normal human reaction was a feeling of betrayal. And he distanced himself from those of us that were closest to him. You could feel a certain type of energy in that building. A certain type of anger. A certain type of vengeance.
0: That
1: was a strange transition there, but hey, I'll take it. That was Scott Pioli, former Patriots VP of Player Personnel, and according to Mike Cadlick of WEEI.com, maybe the star Of the first four episodes of The Dynasty, the story of the Patriots. Tremendous run under Belichick's leadership on Apple TV that everybody is watching except for the 617 who says, Dynasty talk, nobody has Apple TV. Well, I will tell you, you might want to wait a little while. You can get the seven-day trial if you want to watch it. So wait till the end of this. All ten episodes are out, and then you have seven days if you want to binge it. Plus, a lot of people can get it free through their cell phone or through other... Uh, avenues. So it's also only nine ninety nine. If you want to watch it, you could watch Ted
4: Lasso,
0: or just as well. do what Andy does and not realize you have it and let it fall into your it's lap. True. <laughs> just pick
1: up your uh, remote control from Comcast and say Apple TV, yep. and if it pops up, you have it. Yeah, yeah no, that's what seriously. mine did. Um, but I did want to get into. So Scott Pioli has
4: compared the Patriots, Eric Mangini, kind of to like. The mob family in that last yeah. quote. And I was thinking too, listening to that Mangini one, maybe it's just the music that the directors put oh, behind absolutely. Pioli because like that was like. No, he's, but no, he's it's dramatic. Really yeah, the yeah, way that's he, true. he
1: talks about it. And he also compared it to uh, a na- narcotic winning in the NFL and the yeah. chase for that feeling, um, which was not happy, uh, happily received by the 413, who I think believes we said it. Uh, we were playing a quote from Scott Pioli yes. again former vice president of player personnel for the New England Patriots and a key figure and voice in the dynasty. And the 413 says, you should be ashamed of yourself. You cannot compare winning in the NFL to a drug addiction. That has to be the worst take of ev- I've ever heard in my life. And it's common sense that you have never been around, seen, or know anything about drug addicts. So before you dig yourself into a hole, why don't you go with... Why don't you do with all the fa- do us all a favor and apologize for your horrendous take comparing winning in the NFL to active drug addiction? Mm. Because winning in the NFL doesn't seem similar to me as letting a guy. I don't think
4: he can. I can't say that
1: for heroin. So now you see where you're dead wrong. I'll be listening, waiting for your apology, buddy. If it's not going to your boss and the higher ups, I don't know what that means. You can threaten me all you want, yeah. Karen or Ken or whoever you are. We played a quote from scott pioli yep. in the dynasty if you have a problem contact scott pioli and i also think compare it he didn't mean like directly it's the exact same thing i mean it's an analogy guys. right like come on it's and i would also <laughs> say he was just basically talking about addiction to and, any, yeah of course addiction right. to gambling addiction to yep and you whatever, chase that high and then and it, you it chase doesn't it. get as good that's and how it's, gamblers get in right. trouble you chase things right. and you dig holes whether it's alcohol drugs there, there's a million things. There's people that are addicted to working out, sure. or or things in that avenue that are seen as more positive until they take a turn for the negative and become an addiction. So four one three. Appreciate you listening, yeah. And appreciate you threatening Subscribe us. Subscribe to Six Rings and on. Uh, if you want to talk to one of our bosses, he's two studios over, <laughs> getting ready for the Red Sox game. His name is Ken Laird. I'm sure he'd be happy to talk <laughs> to you, whatever. Um, but I'm done with you. I addressed your issue, and we will move on now. Here on the Fitzy and Hart program with no Fitzy on a Saturday afternoon. Mike Tadlock. Oh yeah. No, no, go ahead. No, you go first. Okay. No, you. Where,
4: do you. where do you want to go to dinner? <laughs> I don't know. Where do you want to go? Do you? Yeah, I'll probably be doing that in about three hours <laughs> when we get out of here. Um, no, you'll get pizza. Oh get, no, you had no, pizza, pizza last night. Last night.
1: I got to ask you, are we having some financial issues? We've cut back and it's all homemade
4: pizza the last couple of weeks? No, I found my, pa- my, uh, my dad makes pizza on Friday, so I'm oh, going okay. over to my parents' house the last week. I was getting a little worried because yeah, it was no.
1: usually like pizza night out, bar pizzas, yeah. we're buying it, whatever. And then it's like <laughs> these look like pan pizzas made at home, which look fine. And I'm a big fan no, of they're good. pizza yep. made
4: at home. But okay, go ahead. Uh, where were we? Oh, uh, do you buy that Mangini uh, actually? Like completely changed the course of you know how Belichick would act with the media and his people around him, or do you think that that's kind of overblown with the way Peely said it? Because to me, it seems like that absolutely triggered him to just shut everybody off. It's the reason that they had such small coaching staffs, and he would bring back Patricia and Judge McDaniels because these are the only guys he really thought he could trust. And now you look at the like the staff that Mayo just brought in, Yep. They have like 20, 25 guys, right? Or, which still small
1: if you look at Antonio Pierce's yeah, staff with crazy. the Raiders, which I believe is 31 I, yeah. deep.
4: But, I mean, yeah, they
1: would have... Oh, we have a one-to-one player-to-coach ratio yeah, right. now. What are we, these colleges that try to brag about their ratios? Yeah, uh,
4: but they would have, you know, historically small staffs. Yes. Is that all because of Eric Mangini?
1: Um, no, not totally, but yes, there's a lot to that. Um, to add a little light, I have always been told that... Bill Belichick told Eric Mangini not to take the Jets job, that he wasn't ready for it, that probably had something to do with it was the Jets and there's the border war and he was the Jets, Parcells. Now, I also go back to Bill Belichick kind of turned his back on the situation with Bill Parcells in New York. So there's some hypocrisy throughout Belichick's career and the way Mm -hmm. he deals with people and the way they deal with him and sort of one way unwritten rules and different things of that nature. That are just, you just kind of have to accept they're part of doing business with Bill. But do I think he changed? Absolutely. Yeah. He was um, a more tight lipped. Um, there were things that happened in my early 10 year working down there. For example, we had off the record, at least once, maybe twice, film sessions where he would just bring everybody into the team film room, go over film, talk about former players. With the media? And th- yes. Huh. Uh, and that was pre Spygate. Yeah. Certainly never happened post Spygate. Oh. No. Um, so yeah, I think he changed. I we used to have Fridays, Friday press conferences, which people now think are light. Yeah, were way lighter back in the day. There was hmm. trivia. He would ask trivia. He would <laughs> quiz the media on the other team, like if to see if you you know you know if you've done your number fifty three. If you know where so and so went to college. If you know um, their safeties coach. Who did he first coach on? Like ran, And he would just do that at the end of his press conference. So that all disappeared. Yeah, it gone. became. More stiff, more uh, closed, more defensive,
4: whatever you want to call it. That also makes me like respect it a little bit more. Not respect it, but you know, we talked all year and I would be like, this is BS. They're four and 13 and he can't give us anything and it's too, like, it's not fair and he needs to, you know, whatever. But kind of understanding um, where it came from, like, it makes a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And like, I also think um, Eric Mangini. He has made some comments about regretting it. Yeah. I don't think he thought it was going to blow up the way it did. I think he expected more of a, well, we'll just put their camera away and then maybe we'll give it back to him at the end of the day, whatever.
4: Yeah, but that's like such a rat move.
1: Like, ah, uh, see, I don't really mind it because you know who I think would have done it?
4: Bill Belichick. Yeah, okay. I think, Bill Be- I think
1: Bill Belichick will do anything to win. To get that narcotic, to get that feeling. Yeah, right. And so to point fingers, oh, you broke this unwritten rule, oh, we only cheat with each other, or we only rat each other, or we only rat out
4: non-members of the family, it's not fair, you know how business is done. I wonder if... Whatever. If Mangini went up to Bill and was like, hey, don't do this today, and I won't say anything, and let's just... Call it, you know, we we don't cheat against each other, and then Bill was like, "No, we're still doing." I don't it.
1: think Bill was talking to Mangini at that time. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they were crossing paths. Uh, the seven seven four Belichick's disdain for the media started in Cleveland. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, true. He used to be so rude to them. He made the team shoot. Or I've always been told. I've never actually found yeah. out if this is fact. The team, uh, like the all access, was shot at like four thirty a.m. Oh, yeah. He's like, "You're doing it on my schedule." Yeah. He's always been a bit of a dink, and he's always hated the media. Like, I think those are inherent um, in his personality. My guess is some of that comes from his dad, because seemingly everything comes from his dad. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume on some level some of that comes from his dad. Parcells was more playful with the media, but also had the belief that you're in the business of collecting information, not disseminating it. Right. Ironically, he would whisper to a lot of people like Will McDonough off the record yeah. and phone calls. So, Well, uh, we
0: saw in the first episode that Belichick was a little bit more open than he is now. He's oh, like say, he's saying, yep. Bra- it, it, he's saying Brady's going to get the start over Bledsoe without actually saying it.
1: Well, I would urge people, go back and watch Bill Belichick's departure press conference when he resigned as the HC of the NYJ. He was forthcoming, oh, yeah. smiling.
4: like, And he, then he said, and I watched this the other day because of this whole thing, and he was like, if I don't get to anything now... You can all have my cell phone number. I will find a time to sit down. Hey, he's and not talk doing with that each anymore. Every one of you, <laughs> yeah, right. He didn't even take questions from us on his final press conference. can get my snap face.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, didn't he say there'll be a time for that? Taking questions. Remember, he was like, "That's not today, but they'll be down the yeah. road." Yeah. He, I there think what he be. meant was the introductory press conference in Atlanta. Yes, exactly. And that's not coming, so there apparently won't be
4: a time. Is he to ask him gonna? Questions. Um, is he gonna show up to Brady's uh, number retirement? It's funny. Chris Curtis that is.
1: asked me that off the
4: air, okay. and
1: I can make strong arguments in both directions. Yeah. My guess, if you made me bet on my FanDuel app, mm-hmm. would be that he will show up and he'll do it for Tom, and he will let us know he's doing it for Tom. Yeah. Uh, verbally, somehow it'll be painted in that direction because I think if it were just for Kraft or oh, to yeah. be a good guy for the Patriots, I don't mm. think he would do it.
0: How many chairs will be in between Kraft and Belichick, though? We could wager on that.
4: Could be icy. Yeah. icy. icy Like, and I think, and someone said this to me the other day, like, well, no, he'll probably just do a video tribute. Like, that is, I think that's even I more, not. that's more of a slap in the face than not showing up at all, yeah. I think.
1: That was a thing that I used to get mad at Brady for in the middle of his career. Like, he'd win awards or he'd get recognition and yeah. he would just shoot these sort of yeah. meaningless videos and i'm not a big fan of no. those like if you value it show up show up right if you don't well you just told me you don't value it that's fine yeah we are we are 617 779 we are breaking down the latest episode the four total episodes of the dynasty jeff benedict's booked turned docuseries on apple tv and we're going to go to the car and get an opinion from one of our uh, our listeners on what they think of the dynasty so far. John in the car, how are you this afternoon? John eight. What's up, guys?
3: Uh, I got uh, two two points in the question. I'll start off with I have not seen it yet. I'm waiting to binge watch it slash so see if I can uh, actually hold my interest for ten episodes. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, one name that I haven't heard here a lot uh, in terms of uh, people getting credit is uh, Bobby Greer because uh, I I remember he. Uh, Famously wanted to take a lot of credit for uh, drafting Brady uh, back in the day. I haven't heard his name. Uh, the other thing that um, I find really interesting is, Andy, the timing of this. So they put this together last year. Yep. So when were they interviewing? When was Belichick doing all these interviews for the documentary? Was it like during the season? I heard it was before it was this season. The season. So bef- so in the summer. Yeah, the summer, before the season. Yeah,
1: I think Tom Curran has said June. Okay. This summer. Um, so, yeah, in the summer before this season, right. the way Tom has painted it, Tom Curran has painted it publicly, um, there was sort of – even at the time there was the expectation two years left of Bill, and obviously that timeline changed, but clearly Bill wasn't yeah. exactly enjoying this experience that we see on camera.
3: Yeah, certainly. If it was if it was more closer to camp, I would understand if he was, like, a little bit more perturbed. But, I mean, still I can understand, like, I, I can – empathize slightly with his annoyance on having to do that in, in the summer before he's going to go back to, uh, to work and to save his job. Here's my question though, after, uh, four episodes, since this is a craft production and this is, uh, obviously his attempt to get in the Canton. How's he doing? Like, is this positively impacting, uh, Bob Kraft's legacy or is this kind of like falling flat? Cause you guys have watched it so far. So I'll leave you with that.
1: All right. Thanks for the call, John. Uh, I would say the part that I think will be designed to get Kraft into the Hall of Fame is forthcoming the keeping of the dynasty together as much as building the dynasty like I think there's some of that you know the the early stuff in the nineties and oh, we got an owner now that's invested yeah. and drew getting excited that whole thing that's all great, winning the Super Bowls that's all great, but I think the kind of um backbone of his candidacy for the Hall of Fame in this light, in his team's light, because there's other issues, and I don't know, you can tell me, you've seen some of this, I haven't. Um, Some of his Hall of Fame candidacy, I think, is also based on TV contracts, league power, things he does for the league, but from a Patriots perspective, I think in the coming episodes, we'll see what he does to keep Brady and Belichick together to extend the Patriot dynasty and the Patriot run, and I think that will be his um, biggest claim to Hall of Fame
4: status. I don't really think... It has done much to help or hurt his candidacy. Like, there's nothing that's really, you know, groundbreaking as far as like he did this very wrong or he did this very correctly to right. be like, you know, he's the best. Like, he's already one of the better owners the NFL's ever seen. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame at some point. It's yeah, he, not- he should be there already. That's I know I mean.
1: people think I'm a homer. Oh, you worked for him. He
0: signed your checks for 20 years. Big
4: surprise. I yeah. think you should be in the Hall of Fame. Well, guess what? I just think I'm being honest and objective. No, he should be, and I I mean, he he's won six Super Bowls. His team has won six Super Bowls. He yeah. By any, I I don't know that owners should actually be in the Hall of Fame.
1: But if owners are going to be in the Hall of Fame, (laughs) yeah. And he stabilized a franchise in a community, Mm -hmm. built a stadium with his own money, built a dynasty on the field, or put the pieces in place for a dynasty to exist on the field and kept them together. And was on a bunch of powerful committees that at least played a powerful role in growing the revenues for the league. What else would you measure an owner on? I I mean, the one answer is, and I don't know if this is affecting him, he has uh, a black mark against his personal life off the field issue that maybe that resonates with voters. I don't know. And his team has some on the field black marks, if you believe Spygate, Deflategate, those things. But I feel like a lot of places do and a lot of owners do and some
4: of them are already in the Hall of Fame, and their families are well-enshrined there. Going back to and sort of relating this to Kraft and the relationships he has within the league, you know who looks like a fraud in this is Roger Goodell. And I think objectively... Calling out the commission. I mean, he's, like, you know, 30,000-foot view. Goodell's done a pretty good job as the NFL's commissioner over the last call Yeah, he's overrated. I think so. I think you Uh, could have done a pretty good job, too. That's fair. because I think the league blew up because it's the most popular sport on the planet. People love it. But so regardless, he goes in there to talk about Spygate and it was like, yeah, you know, we had to do, you know, we have to hold teams accountable. We have to do what's best for the league and there's no favoritism or anything. And then Kraft, the next scene is like, please don't suspend Bill. He goes, I called the league and I begged them not to suspend Bill and they didn't suspend yeah. him. <laughs> it was like the way
0: they just awesome. put those
4: together. I was like, you know, Goodell is such a fraud. And
1: this is an extension. I'm glad you brought that up because I want to sell this take to you and see if it okay. sticks. The beginning of the end was the 2007 undefeated regular season mm-hmm. when Tom Brady, Teddy Bruschi, et al., rallied around Bill Belichick when his name was being dragged through the yeah. mud in Spygate, and then a few years later, Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft hung Tom Brady out yeah. to dry. Oh wait, it's about balls. That's a Tom. Yeah, thing. that's a quarterback. You deal thing. with you. I got Garoppolo. I can start him for four games if you suspend Brady. Brady had to dig in his heels himself, sue the NFL himself. Yep. His name got dragged through the mud. Hell, Bill said, ask Tom. Yeah. I don't know how he likes his balls. I'm not Mona Lisa Vito, that whole thing. Yeah. I think Brady retroactively has to. Has to. I would. I would definitely look back and say, wait a minute. When they called you out, we went scorched earth to defend you. right. We said, oh, you want to take away something you think made us? We'll hang fifty on you, effing losers, every week. Right. We like literally—they're hugging him. They're like embracing him. The physically, popcorn scene the when he whole goes, thing. "Yeah, right." And now I need you, and you guys are hard to find. Yeah, you guys are putting it all on me.
4: That wouldn't—that wouldn't have sat well with me. No, I agree, and uh, I actually. We 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 know that I have seen the entire Dynasty dog. We do know um, that. You're special. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're one
0: of the rare pre-screeners. Gave- <laughs> you and the Greg Hill show media <laughs> elitists, Keith- aka Keith people, me- people
4: I don't like. Yeah, Keith gave me crap for that the other night when I called in and I was like, Andy, yeah, I- did
0: you get a pre-screened? No. Okay. Good.
1: I'm I'm just a man of the people. I've always been a man of the people. When it comes out on Fridays, actually Thursday nights at nine. I don't like why
4: they they do that. Oh, that's another thing, being on the media side. They have us embargoed for when we can post things. Yeah. So we can't publish our recaps until three in the morning Eastern time. Because that's when it's supposed to come out. Oh, comes out at 9. I'm but on the air with Rich. then it comes out at Rich. 9, and so I reach out to Apple. Yeah. I'm like, can I post? And they're like, no, you still have to wait till 3 a.m. It's yeah. like, then why am I embargoed in the first place? Yeah, it's absolutely... It's insane. At, on,
1: at 9 o'clock, because I'm on the air with Rich, yep. and now that I'm like a subscriber, it pops oh, up on yeah. my phone. It's like... Dynasty episodes four and f- uh, five and six now mm-hmm. available. Watch now. So it's
4: absolutely nine o'clock on a Thursday night, and so then I still have to wait until three a.m. to schedule my post. Well, technically, you then, wouldn't
1: have to, right? Because if you wanted to, and you could prove you did it this way, you could watch the two episodes. It would take about an and hour we, and a half, yeah, I know. and write it and be like, no, I wrote it. I'm posting at midnight. Yeah, that's the that's fair. Screw to me, you guys. Yeah,
4: So it's stupid. But
1: speaking of going home, in one more segment, Mike Catlick Cadillac Cadillac, and Andy Hart will be going home, and you will be listening to Red Sox baseball. Joe Castiglione, according to Chris Curtis, beginning his 42nd year calling Red Sox baseball. The excitement is in the air, it is palpable in Fort Myers. But we got 15 more minutes or so of a little Patriots talk, and we'll transition from the dynasty to free agency. The Combine is next week. We had an off-the-record chat with Gerard Mayo. We're going to cull it all together after these messages here on Fitzy and Heart with Cadillac and Heart. Final few minutes here on Fitzy and Hart. Mike Cadlick, weei.com sitting in. So let's uh, let's do a quick um, recap slash preview in the next uh, few minutes of what's going on in the world of the Patriots and the NFL. Sure. Salary cap is out thirty million dollar jump two hundred and fifty five million dollars. Patriots have eighty five million, but once they release JC Jackson, they're going to be knocking on the door of a hundred million dollars. Correct? Uh, yeah, that's about right. But that sounds fun. That's that's a lot of cash to burn, yep, Gerard. Let's
4: it. go burn it. That's what he told Greg and them. Absolutely. So. Now you got to do it. I mean, you have to. You got go to go. Do you can't? I don't. There's no reason not to. Like there's there's no
1: reason yeah, but there for There was them no t- reason for the Red Sox not to either, and they didn't. So yeah, the, the Red Sox make me worry about the Patriots, but I have more faith in the Patriots. They're exactly. gonna spend. Yep. Uh NFL Scouting Combine is next week. Can't wait. The expectation for me, and I don't know if you feel differently, sounds like we may not see Gerard Mayo. Not sure if we'll see the coaches there. Sounds mm-hmm. like Elliot Wolf may be there to do a press conference. Yep. Uh in his role as whatever his director role
4: is. of player personnel, I think now. I think, I think him and Wolf like swapped roles. Gro- yeah. So, Wolf, grow. Yeah, yeah, so
1: he'll be there to talk about it. Um, we'll start to get more buzz around the NFL, both the draft, but also with the GMs and the coaches talking free agency. We had T. Higgins being yeah. tagged by the Bengals. So my two-year dream of T. Higgins is yeah, kind of delayed yet again for at least another year. He won't be the receiver they can target. I know some people think Pittman is going to be the guy maybe that could be available. They're probably going to tag him too. Yeah, uh, we have until March 15th fourth I think for the tags to come through um, before free agency starts so we still have a while um, for those tags to come through. Have you changed your opinion on anything in terms of a little more money now? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything in terms of the guys that we've talked about for a while now as potential priority re-signings? Mike Onweno, Kyle Duggar, Hunter Henry.
4: Uh, one thing that I was actually became privy to yesterday when Ooh, I was privy. Privy, yeah, you like that? Uh, special
0: <laughs> state education. Yeah,
4: I also did. You know that I've seen the entire Dynasty doc. <laughs> Ooh, super privy. <laughs> no, but um. The, the the franchise tag for Hunter Henry is not the regular tag. Right. It's yeah. 18 million. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a, a jump in that. They have
1: a 25% jump on his previous cap. Number. Yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, I'd still do it if I. if I mean, they have money. 18. Oh, oh you sign him, not tag him. Oh, I would tag him, I think.
4: I and think then I'd you re sign
1: Duggar. And Depends one-o. what he wants on a three year deal. Right. That's if true. I can get him on a three year deal for $34 million, yeah. I would do it. If he's looking for. More than that, a raise on the $12.5 million he was making, and suddenly he wants three years, 55000000 million? I'd tell yeah. him, well, I'm going to tag you then and keep you around to work with Jaden Daniels or
4: Drake May as their trusted, reliable veteran tight end. I think that they kind of see him as a shoe in to come back. Like, the way that Mayo talked about their leadership, and, you know, who, he said this, I think it was on the Greg Hill Show when he did his one-off Mayo Monday, yep, saying, like, you know, we have guys in the building, our defense is fine, we need leadership, we need a quarterback who can lead, but on offense we have guys like David Andrews and Hunter Henry, and I was like, huh, he's a free agent, Gerard. Yes, he is. He's not on the team right no, now. No, he isn't. Well, he kind of is, but you, you get the point. I get you. Uh, <laughs> and Dramatic. so I, I was like, you know, they... Maybe they just think that they're going to go and resign him, and they should. I think that's a huge—that should be one of their priorities. I think uh, Kyle Duggar should also be back, and Mike Onwenu is the guy we talked about when we did— He better be back. He has to be back. I mean, I have, that will uh, greatly increase my
1: concerns for the team and the quarterback and everything moving forward if they don't resign Mike Onwenu, yeah. uh, because I think you need some sort of a foundation to build around, build around up front. Then you can add a tackle in free agency, add a tackle right. in the draft. I'll start—maybe even piece together— but I think if you lose Mike on Wenu, I think you're going down a road of that yeah. offensive line being a poop show yet again.
4: Well, it's easy, relatively easy, especially with the money you have now, to re-sign on Wenu, and then either, like you said, sign another guy in free agency for the left side or draft one. And if you don't re-sign on Wenu, then you have two holes to fill, and that just becomes that much more difficult. Where, like, on Wenu wants to be back. He said he wants to be back. He built his foundation here. Yep. They trusted him here. Just make it happen. He's really freaking good. I mean like, that's it's, easy I, for us to say unless wh- he asks for x and x is a really big number. Okay, but if he's going to get that elsewhere and he probably he's, will. That's also
1: That's the thing. Like I don't the flip side of everybody being excited that oh the Patriots have 5 million dollars more than we thought they would. Yeah. So does everybody else. Right. The price basically if you're an agent just went up 5 million dollars yeah. because they know everybody has more money, right? right? Like the rising tide lifted all boats, so the market changed a little bit, but the Patriots still are well positioned to add what they need to add in the coming weeks in free agency, and then in the draft, we're going to pick up Are you still
4: fully quarterback at three?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, me too. I won't change off that. Yeah, me either. Unless something makes me change. Unless they can sign Baker Mayfield. That's Uh, the only one. Yeah, I can be talked into that. I still would prefer the young quarterback. I'd still prefer Jaden Daniels or Drake May. I've talked about the idea of them trading up to take Drake May or Jaden Daniels, Caleb Williams, whatever. I think those are all going to be part of the conversation on the table for us at Six Rings and Football Things. Please listen each and every week. We are going to begin diving into the prospects this coming week. Mike Cadlick, Andy Hart, Chris Scheim will break down the quarterback position. But first... In just a few moments, Joe Castiglione is gonna start breaking down the 2024 Boston Red Sox. And what a crew it is. The excitement in Florida is just flowing <laughs> north. It's migrating. I can feel it like the sunshine. Red Sox baseball is back. Wanna thank Mike Cadlick, wanna thank Joe Braverman. I'm Andy Hart. This has been Fitzy and Hart on a Saturday afternoon. And now Red Sox baseball. So
3: yeah.